the 3D Dynasty Podcast, and we are on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN, and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Edge to get started today. We're going to talk about the AFC South, and we're going to bring in my guy, FF Bourbon Dude, and talk about all of these rookie quarterbacks. This division got three of the top four rookie quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft, and that has a huge impact on all of the pieces. We're going to recap every single team in the AFC South with a full offseason recap draft and free agency. And we're also going to talk about Mike Clay's projections. And as always, let's get right into it, Brad. So what team do we have up first? The Houston Texans. And so the Houston Texans, they had one of the craziest drafts with what they were able to pull off. But let's start off with their offseason. They've been very, very busy. They got uh, tight end Andrew Beck. They got... Running back Mike Boone, wide receiver Noah Brown, Michael De- Michael Dieter at center, Case Keenum at quarterback, Corey Littleton at linebacker, Shaq Mason at guard, EJ Perry at quarterback, the guy that cleaned up after the combine, Ben Perriman, <laughs> linebacker. They had Sheldon Rankins, kind of an underrated pick there. He was a good player for the Jets last year. Hassan Ridgeway, two defensive linemen, Dalton Schultz, Kendall Sheffield, Steven Sims, Devin Singletary, Jimmy Ward, Chase Winovich, Robert Woods, and they also get John Mechie back from their last year's draft class that missed all of 2022. And then uh, let's well, oh, out of the out of those offseason free agent picks. Anything you want to talk about, or you want to straight to the draft? Uh, I, I think the offensive side of the ball is obviously a big key here. I think the addition of Dalton Schultz was a really nice one. They bring in a veteran in Robert Woods, who I think can help kind of that veteran presence really helps a rookie quarterback in, in CJ Stroud that they have, but I can't overlook some of the defensive additions. And this is both the draft being able to go up and get Will Anderson and being able to turn around and add guys like Sheldon Rankin's big defensive lineman. I think Chase Winovich is kind of an underrated addition to that defense as well for the defensive line. So I really like what uh, the team and the new coaching staff is able to do here in the offseason. You know, I think PFF gave them a pretty good grade. I, I, I've got a pretty high grade in their offseason moves as well because they bring in not these flashy players. They didn't blow a bunch of money in free agency and sell their future, but they definitely brought in some solid pieces, solid pieces for sure. Yeah, and, and so let's let's look at their at their draft. And so we talked about it. CJ Stroud at the at the number number two spot. They really uh, were not happy. I think they wanted Bryce Young, but Lovey Smith wasn't having it. <laughs> Will Anderson at the three spot. I think they overpaid. And even if they had CJ Stroud at three, because you say, okay, I'm going to take CJ Stroud to lower the price at three. It didn't work that way. They still paid full value for that. 
And Will Anderson is going to have to be Miles Garrett kind of good for this to be an okay trade. They gave up the number 12 pick. They gave up pick 34. They also gave up not the Browns' first-round pick next year, their first-round pick next year, and an additional pick. So four players for pick 103 and a fourth-round pick. And uh, a lot of people really were like, they just got greedy. They couldn't figure out they wanted C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson, so they got both. And they, you know, pretty, you know, pretty much uh, overpaid for Will Anderson to the point where Will Anderson is going to have to be an absolute stud. He's probably a no miss good player. I think he's going to be a very good player. But you look at a team that had a whole lot of picks, and they could have did what the Jets did and just pick a lot of good players, and they went and just got one, you know, good player with that extra pick. I mean, they, they had a lot of draft capital. They uh, walked away with CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Juice Scruggs, who a lot of people thought was a reach in the second round. Tank Dell. They got Dylan Horton. They got Henry Tuoto, Jarrett Patterson. He's a guard and center from Notre Dame. Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa state. Then Brandon Hill, who is a, a safety. And so, um, Thoughts there about the, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. I, I think you love the, uh, I mean, they got their franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud. We're not going to spend a bunch of time on that. I actually really like a couple additions from the fifth and the sixth round. And if you think about D'Amico Ryans, D'Amico Ryans made his, made his cake with just racking up the tackles this dude was a sideline to sideline linebacker he that is what he did he was that middle linebacker of old and I'm telling you this this fifth round pick in Henry Tuoto I think is a sneaky good pick this dude is going to be a tackle machine for the Houston Texans defense and I think being able to be coached up by one of the best in Houston Texans history from a middle linebacker perspective is a really nice addition in the fifth round he was one of my favorite middle linebackers in the draft and to see him go this late I was a little surprised I thought he'd come off the board earlier but I'm telling you that Alabama connection that middle linebacker to middle linebacker connection I really like and then that sixth round project that sixth round pick that you mentioned right there at the end in Xavier Hutchinson I think can be that really good addition to what they were kind of hoping Nico Collins would be right Nico Collins not really coming to fruition they've got Robert Woods they've got John Mechie they've got some of these smaller guys but if they can come in and, and turn Xavier Hutchinson into that 100-plus catch guy that he was at Iowa State, I think you might find yourself with a sneaky PPR upside with when paired with a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Well, I'm going to tell you about my, uh, my thoughts on this. But first, I'm going to talk about Edge Boost. SGPN is excited to announce an exclusively early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installment payments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account with and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. 
Edge currently offers up to a $2,500 advance as you build a repayment history. My Edge, my Edge Boost Double Down Play of the Day is we're going to talk about basketball, right? We're going to talk about St- Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, he's going he's gonna to hit the over on his point total tonight. And that's my play of the day. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's edge. Must be 21 or older and play in a state where uh, only only valid in legal states. Program, program problem gambling called 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, let's, uh, let's talk more about this Houston Texans. And let's go into Mike Clay's projections here. C.J. Stroud, he's got him projected for 15 games. Probably going to play all 17 as long as he's healthy. But maybe Davis Mills goes out there and uh, gives them a reason to put C.J. Stroud in pretty early. This team, again, they do not have their own first-round pick next year. But they have him projected for 3,348 yards, 17 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 41 sacks. And they got him for 128 yards on the ground and one touchdown. QB 28. Nothing crazy. Um, you look at the backfield. They have Damian Pierce is definitely the leader in the backfield, but Devin Singletary is getting his touches, and you see a pretty decent split, 202 fantasy points, 131. Damian Pierce is one of the winners from free agency. They have him as RB21 in PPR settings. Let's just go there, quarterback and running backs. Are there any trade targets here or any sleepers, spread? No, I I think you kind of know what you're getting in Damian Pierce, right? You know he's that first and second down bruiser. He's not going to really bring a lot in the receiving game, even though they really have him around 40 catches, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit when I first saw the projections. I just don't see that. I think they're going to use Dario Agumboale a little bit in the pass catching game, a little more than what I thought they had projected here with Mike Boone and Troy Hairston in there. And then Devin Singletary, I think, will be that kind of mix-in back with Damian Pierce from a carry's perspective, which is what you kind of see. So I don't think there's a sleeper in that running back room. The quarterback room, there's no sleeper there. It's C.J. Stroud or bust. Um, The one thing that kind of jumped out to me about the projections here is C.J. Stroud has been very good at protecting the ball in his college career. And here we see 14 interceptions. I realize it's a totally different game. We saw Trevor Lawrence throw an astronomical amount of interceptions two years ago in his rookie season. But I just feel like with the receiving room that he has, the Robert Woods, if he's able to get open like he used to, Noah Brown would be a little bit of a sleeper, which maybe we'll get there when we talk about the wide receivers. But I think that core will give C.J. Stroud a little bit more opportunity to make some of those easier throws where he's not going to have to push the ball down the field all the time. Yeah, and as you can see in your redraft leagues, you're not gonna really going to want to touch C.J. Stroud. And really the conversation you got to have in your drafts is, do I take C.J. Stroud, Jameer Gibbs, or JSN at the 104-105 spot? Because Bryce Young is typically going at the 103 after Bijan and Anthony Richardson. At the 104, you're really looking at Gibbs, JSN, or CJ Stroud. And if you're, you know, in super flex leagues, that's that's going to be your dilemma. And again, it may not be, it may not hit year one. Um, Devin Singletary might be a little bit of a sleeper here because you look, there's no depth behind him. And if Pierce were to go down, Singletary would have a pretty, you know, pretty easy path for a lot of touches. And they haven't scheduled for 
quite a bit of touches as it is. But let's go to the receivers, and the top receiver is actually Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is scheduled. He's he's projected to get 56 receptions. Nico Collins, 50. Robert Woods, 55. John Mechie, 44. Pretty evenly spread out. And so um, somebody obviously could emerge a little different here. But, Brad, what are your thoughts here about Nico Collins being the number one target from the receiver position? See someone you're looking to acquire. I, it seems like a little bit of a reach to me. I just think they, you know, they brought in Tank Dell. They draft, and now I know it's a different regime that didn't draft John Mechie, but another Alabama guy. Noah Brown is the guy that I think is the sleeper out of this group. I just don't see Nico Collins taking that step to be a damn near 100 target guy. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe he was close to that this past year. I don't think he was, but maybe. Uh, and if that's the case, then maybe he is a buy, but I'm not buying him right now. I'm really probably staying away from any of these guys outside of John Mechie. Uh, if I can get him at a still decent price, I think he's going to end up being the most explosive player out of the bunch, can give you those big splash plays with C.J. Stroud and that big arm that he's got. So out of the wide receiver room, if I'm targeting anybody, it's going to be John Mechie, definitely not Nico Collins. Yeah, and Tank Dell, I mean, it was interesting. C.J. Stroud requested them to get him, and he did. It's almost like the NBA now, like these players are asking for it, and you're getting it. Uh, I'd be a little careful with that. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he asked for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he got it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, they're players. They're not scouts. And, uh, you know, Dell is is someone who is uncoverable at the Senior Bowl, and I think he is going to be a good NFL player. But with his size, it's just, you know, we don't know if he's going to be able to hold up and, and be a consistent fantasy producer. But I do like the call of Noah Brown being a little bit of a sleeper here. Um, all these guys should be at a relatively good cost. And I mean all of them because the Houston Texans are one of the worst teams in the league. And Dalton Schultz right there, tight end is such a wasteland. It, you're not going to get Dalton Schultz and expect him to be Dalton Schultz of, of Dallas Cowboys where he's getting, you know, eight, nine touchdowns. But I, I think in your PPR leagues, he's going to be a good, a good option. They're going to have to pass the ball. They're going to be trailing quite a bit. And this is going to be a San Francisco type of an offense. And so you're going to see C.J. Stroud getting the ball out quick. And I do like the fit for him. They they really – I like the fits for all the rookie quarterbacks, really. And with him going there in that offense, he is someone that can deal. He's, he's, he's you know, he's your prototypical, you know, point guard kind of, you know, quarterback where he's just going to be back there and dealing it. And if, if Jimmy Garoppolo can look good in that offense – C.J. Stroud can definitely look good in that offense, but let's not pretend Kyle Shanahan is not calling the plays. It's going to be someone someone different, but they're going to try to implement that offense. And, and C.J. Stroud getting the ball out quick to guys like Tank Dell and, and Robert Woods and John Mechie is going to, it's going to be really, really good for his, his confidence early if he can do that. And it will help the offensive line, which has actually gotten a lot better. Um, but let's move, let's move on to the next team. All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, they definitely made a splash, and a lot of people are really excited about the Colts. And uh, their their offseason, free agency was a little boring. They got Farrell Brown at receiver, Taven Bryan, uh, defensive lineman, former first-round pick. They got Samson Abukum, 
edge, and then Darrington Evans. They got Matt Gay, the punter, then Isaiah McKenzie at receiver from Buffalo, and then Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Uh, Gardner Minshew in Indiana. I'm in Indiana. I need to go grab beer with Gardner. Um, Anthony Richardson leads the class. This is the most athletic draft class that has ever been drafted. Their average RAS score was 9.4. They did not have a single guy under 9.0. Anthony Richardson, the literally the most athletic quarterback to ever put up production. They put up numbers at the combine. Julius Brents, he's the Anthony Richardson at the cornerback position. He's very raw, but he has absolute bonker numbers from the workout perspective. Josh Downs, they graded him as elite from PFF. This is one of the fastest guys in the class, and he gets to play in in the AFC South. Everyone knows that the Colts Stadium is one of the fastest turfs in the, in the league, and Downs is going to be playing on it. Blake Freeland, absolute freak as far as the, the numbers for a tackle. He goes to them. Then they got, I'm not going to say it, it's Addy Odubaware out of Northwestern. I think I nailed it. He was one of he's he's kind of a tweener. He was a you know poor man's cancy, and they were talking about him possibly sneaking into the back end of the first round. They got him in the fourth round. Then Darius Rush. A lot of people talked about when they put on the South Carolina tape to look at the other corner. They were like, Rush stands out. He's got some flashes. He's also got some plays where Tank Dell and some other guys really toasted him at at the Senior Bowl. But he's also a guy that has some really, really bright plays as well. So he's going to have to be more consistent, but they're going to try to coach that out of him, and they got him in the fourth round, fifth round. Daniel Scott, safety, another guy. Will Mallory, and we're going to talk about him. He's one of my favorite picks. I think he is the best fantasy tight end on this roster. And then you have Evan Hull, the guy that ran every single one of his reps back to the end zone. Um and then we had Titus Leo, Edge. Then we have Jalen Jones and Jake Witt. So that recaps their huge draft, huge offseason. Before that, Brad, I think I think we got another sponsor we want to talk to you guys about. And that's, that's our friends over at Shady Rays. It's Shady Rays. And hey, look, it's May. And we like to crown that as Shady May, and we are teaming up with Shady Rays not only to get you an amazing 50, that's right, market, 5-0% off, but you can also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. But that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses that you purchase from Shady Rays is backed by not only broken, but also lost replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, zero questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. For our international listeners, Shady Rays also has you covered as well with shipping from Canada to Australia to New Zealand and even the UK. So go to ShadyRays.com and use our promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. 
Then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. And the, what you see on the on the board here is Mike Clay's projections. These are not our projections. And starting off, they got Anthony Richardson also playing 15 games. These numbers will obviously be higher if he's able to stay healthy for all 17 and starts week one. And it's getting, it's looking like he is going to start week one. They said they're going to live through the dark times. And that means they're going to start him early or at least for a good majority of this season. And they have him throwing the ball quite a bit, almost, you know, 450 times there. He's got 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and only 2,889 yards. Very similar to CJ Stroud, except for the yardage is a little bit down. Um, but the rushing is up 609 yards on the ground with five touchdowns, putting him as the QB 21 as as a, as a rookie in 15 games. That's pretty good. And in your super flex leagues, you can you know you might be able to start him. But in redraft in one quarterback leagues, he's not someone that you're going to want to go with. Um, Gardner Minshew still there, and we'll, we'll see how long Gardner Gardner plays. Uh, Anthony Richardson, we talked about it last week. You you can go. He is going to be the second quarterback gone in your leagues. And if you don't want Anthony Richardson, then you can trade back and you can get quite a bit for him. If you were to trade back from him to get C.J. Stroud at the 105 spot, because Stroud's usually going 105 or 106 if Gibbs gets in there, you could get C.J. Stroud plus a 2024 second plus Drake London, according to Brad's uh brad's uh his data last week that he was looking at so um anthony richardson everyone's excited brad i know we talked about him quite a bit uh your, your thoughts here have you seen any recent trades on guard uh, on anthony richardson what are your thoughts I, I, about haven't. Gardner I haven't because it's a lot of the pits situation from a couple years ago People drafted Kyle Pitts in the first round and then immediately turned around and said, I need three firsts for him. Well, nobody's going to pay that because it's asinine. And I think the same situation is here with Anthony Richardson. For those folks that moved up in the draft or took him at 102, the asking price is entirely too high right now. If you can get it, you better take it. It it baffles me, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here. This dude, you're you're – can you honestly tell me that in a rookie season with C.J. Stroud, he can have basically the exact same touchdown to interception ratio as C.J. Stroud? Get out of here with that. This dude is not half the quarterback at throwing the ball as C.J. Stroud. From an athletic perspective, he destroys C.J. Stroud. I get that. He's got the legs. He's going to have the yardage rushing. He's going to have the touchdowns rushing. But to say he's going to have the same number of touchdowns, passing touchdowns and interceptions as C.J. Stroud is just nonsense to me. I know. I've got serious shade on him right now. I get it. I know Brad loves talking Anthony Richardson, um, and we we want to try to keep this a little short. I will talk about Anthony Richardson and and they did say, you know, he's, he's obviously he's, everyone looks good in camp, but he looks good in camp. And, and then there's a lot of people, Josh Norris and, and others talking about how, you know, how inexperienced he is. And, and I'm going to go through some stats. So he's only started 14 games. And in those 14 games, he's had 2,729 yards, 
very similar to what we're seeing on the board here. 15 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, very similar to what's on the board. 570 rushing yards and five touchdowns, very similar to what you're seeing on the board. And I sent this tweet out a month ago. Um, this is all just numbers that are like his numbers, legit, legit numbers. So, um, you know, as far as far as what you're you're seeing, you've seen him do in college. Anthony Richardson, um, he just hasn't thrown the ball a lot, and and he he's actually faced some tougher competition than some of the other guys, but he hasn't thrown the ball a lot. You you don't really have a lot on him, but Shane Steichen, we'll see if he's able to coach it out of him. Let's go to the running backs. You have Jonathan Taylor. They really did not add a lot to this running back room. Evan Hall is there. Evan Hall is not the most dynamic running back. You have Deion Jackson, who a lot of people really, I mean, they got to use him a couple games last year. And he looked pretty good. And so Deion Jackson's there. Is that someone you're interested in or Zach Moss here, Brad? I mean, I, the only way I'm interested in these guys is if I have Jonathan Taylor. Like, I, I would want to handcuff him with Deion Jackson. Uh, I think we saw enough from Deion Jackson to see that he could be a serviceable and startable running back with Jonathan Taylor out of the situation. If he ends up injured again, knock on wood, we don't want that. Uh, but I, I think that's where you really kind of land is I, these guys are only interested – uh, interesting if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt. I mean, look, he he's being projected for 300 carries. There's wow. nothing and, left for anybody else. And, and this is a dynasty podcast, yep. and a lot of rosters yep. are pretty deep. So you're not you don't got a lot of things to choose from yep. on the free agent market. But you you might see a guy like Zach Moss on on free agency or Evan Hole on the in the fourth round. And if you have Jonathan Taylor, it's a, it's a good to, to handcuff him. Um, and you know, you could see one of these guys as, as, a, a, a stash. Um, what I was looking for earlier was John, uh, Anthony Richardson's, uh, history of attempts, 215 completions out of 353 attempts, only a hundred is only 215 completions versus 161 rushing attempts, passing depth in 12 starts behind the line of scrimmage, 45 for 56 passes uh, attempted under, you know, under 10 yards, 51 for 88. Passes attempted 10 plus yards, 53 out of 87. So 87 of his passes were 10 plus, 64 of his passes were 20 plus. So I will say this, he throws the ball deep a lot more. And so you see a lot of these guys with, you know, 78% completion percentage, Jake Haners and stuff. And like 90% of their passes are, you know, like 10 yards down the field or behind line of scrimmage, Derek Carr kind of, you know, production. He does throw the ball down the field quite a bit, but you're looking at 215 completions versus 161 rushing attempts. This guy's he's has not played a lot of football uh, yet, and he's you know got to learn the between the ears part, reading defenses and stuff is going to be the big the big thing. Out of the receivers, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs. This is a pretty decent wide receiver room. And you see Michael Pittman leading the charge with 75 receptions, 825 yards, four touchdowns, wide receiver 35. If you have Michael Pittman on your team right now, how are you feeling? I think you have to hold him because I think a lot, you know, people are going to use, you know, the shade that I, you know, for, for instance, if I'm going to, if I'm the Michael Pittman owner, 
people are going to come to me and say, well, you don't like Anthony Richardson. Michael Pittman right here. <laughs> Just holding him. I am. I'm holding him. I'm going to coddle him a little bit. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hope that Anthony Richardson does have it between years. Look, I don't want him to not be good. I just need to see it before I'm willing to pay that price. Just and if him. I'm just if him. I'm the Pittman owner, I I want to see that right. And right now, people are going to want to get him on a discount because of well, Anthony Richardson. He needs to grow as a quarterback and blah blah blah. The narrative there, but they're hoping the same thing that I'm hoping. Hey, if Anthony Richard comes in and lights the world on fire because he does have that big arm and can throw it downfield. That's going to be really nice for Michael Pittman. Uh, so I, I think he's a hold right now. I, I don't think you can sell him. But if you find somebody who's willing to sell him for a good price, then then you you buy him. Uh, yeah, he might I just be don't a, know a that buy. It's going to be easy to do right now. He might be a buy right now, but I will say there's a lot of love for Michael Pittman on the on the Twitter streets. And so I, I someone said that he was Take a that buy. With a grain of salt. Someone said he was a buy, and I was like, I, I don't get it. Like, who's buying Michael Pittman right now? And he was like, well, and I was like, I mean, maybe for like a mid-second, early second. Then I put him. Then I put a, a dynasty price check out there, and he's worth like one hundred eight. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm yep. selling Michael Pittman. <laughs> um, you know, he was right. You yep. know, shout out Slapdog. So, was that before? Was that before they took Richardson? It was before Richardson, was but it was also kind of baked in that they were going to get Richardson or Levis. Was it already? And so, um, which you know, Levis would have probably brought the same kind of concerns. And so, uh, you know, and I do like the the other pieces. Alec Pierce and Josh Downs are, are good good receivers, and uh, Downs has fallen quite a bit in the. Uh, you know, in, in the draft and he's become a little bit of a value. Um, and Alex, Alec Pierce, he was a good receiver last year, garnered a lot of targets. I think he is a kind of a sneaky buy. You might be able to get him for a third round pick right now. Um, and, uh, you know, shout out earlier. He said, he's got the legs, um, shout out ZZ top. And so, uh, we need to get some sound bites in here. And then you got the tight ends. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on tight ends. They have Jelani Woods as the top guy. He's not going to be a weekly starter. I don't like any of these tight ends. I would take a shot and, you know, 410, 411, 412 or UDFA. Will Mallory is a super athletic tight end. He is a move tight end. He's not going to do much blocking, but you blocking does not get you fantasy points. Um, I get it. These guys get on the field, but this guy, he's a real deal pass catcher and he gives them an additional threat in that defense. He can catch the ball down the field. He can definitely move when he gets the ball in his hands and he can create some separation. So I think he's more than just a seam threat. And some of these other guys, they're just like big basketball players that can catch the occasional touchdown and they can do a seam throw every once in a while. But Will Mallory, if he were to develop, he would, he would have the highest ceiling of this group. So let's move on to the next team so we can get out of here soon. All right. We're going to move on to Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jags, they are they're the cream of the crop when it comes to the division these days. They had only only a few draft picks. Um, they had Chandler uh, uh offseason moves, Chandler Brewer, guard, Michael Do- it's it's like Dodge Coin, Dogba, um, defensive lineman, Jernis Johnson went over there, um, Henry Mondo, and then they have it's not Mando, Mondo, Josh Wells, a tackle. And so pretty quiet offseason there. 
And then right on draft day, they found out that their left tackle, Cam Robinson, is going to have a suspension, which totally threw off their draft plans. I am sure that they they had to move things around when they got this news. And so he's going to miss, I think, six games um, this year. And so their first pick was Anton Harrison, who could have been their pick. But they have Walker Little on this on the other side. They seem to like him. Former second round pick out of Stanford. Played pretty well. Cam Robinson just got signed. And they just got Josh Wells. But now this guy could start. He could be the left tackle to start the season for the Jaguars. Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. This was probably the strangest pick of the draft. Brenton Strange at the uh, in the second round. Pun intended. Yes, very much. And I like him. But I I just didn't really get that. And so maybe they're not planning on Evan Ingram being there a long time. And I'm a big draft capital guy, but you need to like you need to have some of your exceptions in there. Tutu Atwell was a second rounder, Andy Isabella was a second rounder, Drew Sample was a second rounder, Josh Jagora or whatever his name is over there for the Green Bay Packers was a second or third rounder. Brent Strange, he's a fun player. He's kind of a, you know, a use check kind of a guy. He can be used as tight end, used out of the backfield. Does a lot of things. I think he brings an element to this offense, but I don't I don't see him as as taking Evan Ingram's job anytime soon, and I don't know if he'll be the replacement if Evan Ingram were to move on. Tank Bigsby, that's the most interesting one. We'll get into that. Vontrell Miller, Tyler Lacey, Yasir Abdullah from Louisville. Antonio Johnson, he's kind of a really kind of a nickel, but he plays safety, plays plays nickel. Um, he fell in the draft because it's kind of people don't really know where to put him. Parker Washington, they got Christian Braswell, Eric Hallett, Cooper Hodges, Raymond uh, Voschek, and Derek Parrish um, Edge. And so this is a team that is obviously the top contender. For the AFC South, if you got money, throw it on the AFC South champs here to repeat. Unless Trevor, you know, something catastrophic happens here, they're they're gonna bring this back because you're looking at probably three rookie quarterbacks against Trevor Lawrence, and I will take the blonde bombshell. So oh, uh, yeah. Trevor Trevor Lawrence, they got him for just under four thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns. They got him three hundred yards rushing, four touchdowns. 282 for a QB 11 finish. I, I think that's pretty modest. I, I think with all the weapons that he is, he's going to be better than that. Um, and then you got Tra- Travis Etienne, Jamichael Hasty, and Tank Bigsby in the backfield. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, how high do you got him in your dynasty quarterback rankings? Five, six? Number five for me. Yeah, I got I, I, I am. I am very high, specifically this season, around Trevor Lawrence. And it would not surprise me if this dude ends up having a just monster season this year. I just have this gut feeling that he takes another step, adding somebody as dynamic as Calvin Ridley in the passing game. Bringing in Tank Bigsby, I think, helps make help really helps Travis Etienne be efficient for the entire year instead of, you know, two, three game stretches. 
Uh, I, and I just, I think he's going to absolutely dominate the fact. This is another, I get it. Their projections. He's pre, he, they're adding Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence is in another year with all the same coaching staff. And yet he's going to have less yards and less touchdowns than he had and more interceptions than he had last year. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it. And, so, and yes, of course, there's 16 games set of 17 on here. Maybe yeah. they take a rest because the AFC South is in the bag. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely think he pops over the 4,000. I think he gets closer to 4,500 in, in yeah. that in that range. And, you know, the rushing's pretty moderate here. Could rush a little bit more. But that passing, I think 4,530 um, would yeah. be, you know, would be where I'm at with him. Travis Etienne, they got him projected for a 1,000-yard rushing season with seven touchdowns. 40 receptions, 325 yards with two touchdowns in, in the, you know, in the air. So he's got nine touchdowns total with a RB10 finish. ETN's lost a little bit of steam with the uh, addition of Tank Bigsby. There's a there's some love out there for Tank Bigsby on the on the dynasty streets, and there's a little bit of hate towards Travis ETN. I had a guy comment, uh, I got I had a thread that went pretty wild because people were arguing about James Conner and other stuff. But Tra- Travis Etienne, someone was like, well, Travis Etienne's made of glass. And I was, and someone said, like, what? He said, he's missed half the games he's played. Well, I mean, he missed an entire season. He's only been in the league for two years. He played every <laughs> single game last year, dude. Uh, and so he's like, well, let me rephrase. You know, I still stand by what I said, but um, Bigsby uh, or ETN uh, has a foot injury that has a high chance of re-injury, which is true. And uh, Bigsby's, you know, a better running back. And I was like, well, the NFL says differently. Um yeah. But Bigsby is a good running back, and I don't agree with Hasty's projections over Bigsby. I think he'll get more work. Uh, I do think he's a good running back, and I think he got decent enough draft capital. And it'll help ETN. You heard Mark Ingram talk about how his year, his career has been extended by being a, you know, in a dual system. Travis ETN isn't built for, you know, 25 carries a game. There's no running backs except for like Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris that are getting 25 carries a game. I mean, it just it doesn't happen that often that running backs get that much, and and people with the expectations that their running back is going to get all of the touches, it's just like that's a thing in the past. Etn with 239 uh, rushing and, and and 40 receptions, that's you know 280 touches. That's that's a lot. If he were to get that, that's right around 17, 18 touches a game. That would be fantastic for ETN managers, but I do think that you know Bigsby gets the majority and not Hasty. Um, let's go to the receivers before we get to the next team. Calvin Ridley comes in as the number one target just by one target. Him and Christian Kirk basically share the duties here and have almost the exact same stats, finishing as wide receiver 31 and 33. Thoughts here? If I could say, Brad, you're on the clock. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are on the board. Are you taking either one of them? And are if there's one that you prefer? I just think the upside is there with Ridley, right? I get it. He's been out for a couple years, and that's likely why he's around the same ADP as Christian Kirk is, right? I think there's a lot of people that are, ah, he's been out of the game for two years. He's 28 going on 29. We're not touching that. And others that are, and it's kind of splitting down the middle, but – 
I think Calvin Ridley just provides the most upside. We know how good he is. Uh, we know how good he was. And we just hope translating that from, uh, you know, Matt, what he was able to do with a really good quarterback and Matt Ryan in Atlanta to a really good quarterback in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And I think he's going to come back with something to prove. So, uh, you know, as long as he's able to stay healthy, I think you're really looking at a pretty solid season here. And these are pretty modest numbers. I think it's fair to project something like that. But it would also not surprise me if with him being the alpha and him with the route running capabilities that he has to be 11 or 1200 yard wide receiver with close to eight or nine touchdowns. Because again, I think, I just think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a monster season, and part of that is because of the addition of Calvin Ridley. Any thoughts about Zay Jones? I mean, you, you're you're going to have him as a a deep deep you know play. You probably get him. You know, if you're a contending team, you got a bunch of flex plays. Would you grab you know take him for you know? Let's say I offered you three hundred six, and you can have Zay Jones. I I mean. I get it, and I'd take him as a throw-in. I wouldn't expect anything. And man, and part of this is because I think I don't know that he's going to end up with that much work. He is going to be the deep threat in that offense. I, I get that, but I, I've i got a love in my heart for Parker Washington, and I think some of that work is going to end up with Parker Washington and that underneath kind of – you know, let's run a drag route or a slant route and get the ball in Parker Washington's hands and see if we can kind of do something with it. Um, and I think the, you know, I just think there's going to be so much of a uh, a focus on Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk down the field that Zay Jones is going to kind of be the odd man out of the three. So, that, yes, there's a throw in, but he's not somebody I'm targeting or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I think Zay Jones this year, um, but I think they will move on for him because he's expensive. Um, I, I I know we will differ a little bit on Parker Washington. I do think he's a good player, um, but I, I think it might take a year. Zay Jones was very, very popular. He was a targeted player, trusted player in the offense. He knows the offense. He's got – Parker Washington's going to have to do a lot to take his reps um, in the, this offseason or, of course, you know, an injury or something like that happens. Yeah. Then you have the tight end position. Again, you have Brenton Strange there, who's a little bit of a you know a possible replacement for Evan Ingram in the future. But this year they have Evan Ingram going for 80, 60 receptions, 657 yards, four touchdowns, tight end seven in PPR formats, playing 15 games. Is Evan Ingram someone you're targeting You know, if you can't get one of those top tight ends? I think so. I think he can be another one of those kind of not bargain basement, but he's going to be cheaper and he's going to give you a really good year of production. And I think that's what you need to be a championship squad is a productive tight end. If you have that, it gives you a leg up above the competition. And I think this is another one. I think these are modest numbers. I, I feel like Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram, when I look at these numbers, are the two outliers that I believe to have better seasons than what the statistics have in here. And that's because uh, I think there's another year of growth in Trevor Lawrence. So when I look at this, I'm hoping that Evan Ingram is up over that hundred target range uh, and is able to collect, you know, eclipse uh, 800 yards and, you know, six touchdowns or something like that and put him in one of that, you know, be in contention for a top five tight end, by the end of the 2023 season. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on to the Titans. 
All right, let's do it. All right. Well, the Titans, they had a pretty interesting offseason, obviously, with the draft itself. Um, you had Will Levis. But before that, this offseason was all about rebuilding. And they have a new front office. And there was rumors about Derrick Henry being traded out. They got, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill was reportedly on the block. They got rid of some big contracts, let Bud Dupree leave. Um, they, you know, they... Look, they did sign Jeffrey Simmons, but everything else was about getting, um, changing over that roster. They signed Aziz El Shahir. Uh, he was a, a from the Niners linebacker. Daniel Bruss, Brunskill, guard slash center from the Niners. Andrew Andre Dillard got a pretty big contract. He was a former first round pick. Eagles let him go. We'll see. He was very highly touted by Daniel Jeremiah and a few others, but he ended up you know, not playing much because they had a pretty loaded roster. And so he got a decent contract. He could end up starting at left tackle for them. Luke Gifford, linebacker, Arden Key Edge. He's flash at times. Chris Moore, receiver. They got Sean Murphy, bunting corner from Tampa. Ben Neiman, linebacker, and then Trevon Wesco. And then the draft came. The Titans reportedly were trying to trade up to the number three spot. They were not willing to give up more than the Texans. And as soon as C.J. Stroud was drafted, they dropped out of the race. And so um, they ended up going with Peter Skaronsky instead of Will Levis in the first round. They passed on him. Then they tried to trade up, apparently, and at the end of the first round, possibly for Will Levis. They did not. And then they did trade up in the second round, and they took Will Levis who did not have to wait long day two, but had another one of those infamous green screen, um, green room situations where he sat and sat and sat and waited until day two. And they got Ty J Spears, which was a really interesting pick. They did not have a lot of draft capital. Running back is not a huge need for this team, <clears throat> at least this year. And the reports are about his you know, knee. This could be a very short career for him. And he got round three draft capital, which was pretty interesting. Um, then they had Josh Wiley, um, pretty good tight end out of Cincinnati, fast, you know, won't be the starter, but can add add something to that offense who does run quite a bit of 12 personnel. Then they have Jalen Duncan. That was a that was a good pick in my book. A lot of you know, PFF and others had him ranked as one of the top, you know, top day two tight ends, and they got him in day three. And then Colton Dowell, um, receiver. I wish they would have drafted, you know, more more uh, receivers here, um, whether it's for Tannehill or Levis. Um, this is one of the worst receiving cores in the entire league by a long shot, in my opinion. And so let's start out. We have Ryan Tannehill projected to, to play almost all the games. Will Levis only projected for three games. That stands out to me. Is Ryan Tannehill in your super flex leagues uh, someone that you're buying low on? No, I, I don't think I'm buying low, mainly because I don't expect him to last past this year, even if he is able to make it through the bye, which I think there's a world where the Titans are a one or two win team going into their week seven bye, uh, which I know, you know, is not, you know, it's before the halfway point of the season, but they don't have an easy schedule before the bye. 
And we've talked about this before. That's where they could make the swap. But if he is able to make it through that, his contract is in a situation and they're, it's pretty clear they're, they're ready to move on. You know, they were trying to move up and get CJ Stroud. They ended up settling, you know, trying to trade back into the back end of the first to get Will Levis, ended up taking him in the second by trading up where they needed to, to get him. And I, I just think the writing's on the wall for Tannehill. Now, if I need a QB three, in a super flex league and I am a contender, I am willing to go see what the price is for a Ryan Tannehill. Cause there's also a very high likelihood that he ends up playing the whole season, right? Because we're looking at us. I mean, the fact of the matter is we're looking at a second round quarterback in Will Levis uh, and Ryan Tannehill. We've known and seen, you know, pretty good things for, from him in the Tennessee offense outside of last year, which was just a really down year. You know, they, they've really kind of lost their entire receiving core since he's been there. And now you got a second-year player in Traylon Burks that you kind of hope comes up uh, and is able to take that next step for him. I just don't know that it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think, you know, this is a team that's not really playing for anything this year. Um, we'll see. I mean, their coach somehow gets them to win if everybody's hurt and Brad's the quarterback. They'll still yep. pick up a W. But... um I just don't see it happening this year for them. And if they're halfway through the season, I want to see when their bye week is um, because that's where you could probably see Will Levis come in. Ryan Tannehill, he goes on ice. They can try to move him at the trade deadline or in the offseason if somebody has an injury or uh, an interest in him. Um, but, yeah, I'm not interested. It's such a bad, bad offense and a bad team. Offensive lines being turned over. They haven't really addressed the center position. They, they, you know, they, this is a, this is a rough team. And I think they're going to be one of the worst in the league, probably picking in the top, top three or four next year, which would be interesting um, because you have Will Levis with second round draft capital and Drake may Caleb Williams and some others uh, on the board. Um, yep. Thoughts here on Ty J Spears. He was one of the Twitter darlings this off season. And uh, now he's, you know, he's, He's really a, a big question mark. Uh, if, if Derrick Henry got traded or got hurt, Tajay Spears could be an absolute baller this year. But he's also got the knee injury and behind Derrick Henry currently. I just think the draft capital, uh, and, and by draft capital, I mean like where you get him in your rookie drafts is worth the shot right now. I mean, you're getting him. I saw him go in the... Early third, he went at the 301. You're telling me I can get a third round running back who is the backup to a 28 year old, 29 year old, like bruiser. Like this dude wants to hit people. I realize it's Derrick Henry, and he, but he has, we started to see some injuries creep up on him. And I think Ty J Spears is an absolute buy right now in your rookie drafts. If you can get him in the back end of the second or the early third, uh, it just makes sense to me. I think he's got the skill set to to do it. It looks like he's put on a little bit of weight as well from what I read last. Uh, and look, I get it. Every player is going to say this, but every time he is asked about it, he just says, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm ready. I'm healthy. And I get it. I understand from a medical perspective what physicians are saying. The simple fact of the matter is this dude came back from those ACL injuries 
and had a huge season for the Green Wave last year. So if he's able to do that, hey, I might ride that Green Wave for a little while, especially at the price of the 301. At 301, I, I'll take him. Um, Todd Gurley said he was healthy. Jay Ajayi said he's healthy. Um, I mean, yeah, the, those the players are going to say they're healthy. J.K. Dobbins said he was healthy last That's what year. I'm saying. Yep, I get it. Um, and so, uh, but I, I do think, you know, he could be the starter uh, in, in two years. The draft capital really states that. And so if you get him as the starting running back for the Tennessee Titans in 2024, 25, 26, and that's it, it might be worth it, um, especially at 301. Um, 201, I'm out. 301, I'm in. Yep. Wide receiver, gross. Uh, I'm just, I'm not interested in anybody. I've never been a Traylon Burks guy, um, but I'm not interested in anybody. Um, if you are a rebuilding team, maybe Traylon Burks is someone you're interested in because you could probably get them fairly cheap right now. Um, someone that you, people might've spent 106, 107 on him last year. And now, you know, we can get them for maybe a, you know, a early second. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm personally not very interested um, they have him going wide receiver 37, almost a wide receiver three. Um, Brad, I mean, he's the only show in town, hundred targets. It's worth something. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's part, I got a couple questions for you. Number, number one, I had to make a drop decision, uh, in a league. And would you ever think that a drop candidate would be the wide receiver two of any NFL football team? No. No, I dropped Nick Westbrook Akine yesterday. Like, am I crazy? Like, I, I mean, I and just I'll, don't see the volume there for him. This is a run first team. I get it. He's going to catch some passes, but it's not something I want to even try to mess with. In no, a dynasty I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's going to he's wide receiver 80s when it's going to end up as. And he'll have maybe one random week throughout the season that you could actually have played him. But, yeah. like, he's a guy you play, like, you know, lineup roulette with. Maybe, you know, maybe in a very deep best ball or something. But I'm just not interested at all in anybody, um, anybody but Traylon Burks. Um, and Traylon Burks has really got to be the price. And, that, um, well, and that's my last question is Traylon Burks. So I've got a league. I'm looking at doing a little bit of rebuild. I got DeAndre Hopkins. The guy who has Burks is kind of like a, I'd say like middle of the road. He's probably the number five, number six team. He's likely going to squeeze into the playoffs. If you were that player and you're like, you know what? If I could get one more piece, I could probably be somewhat of a contender or at least a legitimate type. Would you take DeAndre Hopkins and give up Traylon Burks? If I'm a contender... Yep. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, because that's what I'm. Tr- I'm thinking about trying. I'm seeing if could, I can pull it off. I think you could probably get DeAndre Hopkins plus. I mean, he's he's a little older. I mean, yeah. Burks has got this situation. I mean, I can. I, I as much as I don't like Traylon Burks, I feel like you're. You're giving up value by doing it. I'm okay with doing it if you're gonna if you're gonna win the championship because at the end of the day it's about winning chips and not you know not all but like you're giving up some value because Traylon Burks is still a very young receiver 
and a first round draft capital guy. And he's the number one on his team. And DeAndre yep. Hopkins is going to be number one on the worst team in, in football. They talked about some bad teams today, but the Cardinals are probably worse than the Texans and the Titans. <laughs> um, and then you got, um, you know, this DeAndre Hopkins could be out of the league in a year or two. And Traylon Burks is, you know, 21, 22 years old. So uh, I'll take the Burks side as far as the long term. I would look for another option. Um, last one is the tight end. We got Shaker Aconquo. Um, I, I just traded him in one of our leagues. I know there's some love on the streets for Chig. Um, he showed a little bit of something last year. Um, I'm not as big on Chig. I do like him, but, um, I, I don't know if there's necessarily upside, but I think he is the number two receiver and Mike Clay agrees on this offense. So, and, and it, a world where tight ends are really hard to find. He's a decent one, but they have him at tight end 17. So he's not even going to be a tight end one, according to Mike Clay. Are you buying in on Shig? Because I sold him for what, 2 0? No, yeah. I, I, a third. I traded I traded him for a third. I think it was like, I, I traded him for Cedric Tillman. I traded Shig so I could draft Cedric Tillman in front of Brad. You probably did that just so I couldn't have Cedric Tillman. Most hey, I offered you Chig in, in all fairness. <laughs> um, no, I think that's a good trade. I do like Chig also. I do think there's something there. You're going to have to wait a year, though. And anytime you think that's the case, if you know the savvy dynasty owner is just going to wait to buy him in season when he's even cheaper, right? So I think that's the kind of play here. I do believe that Chig is going to be good. Uh, and is going to be able to provide some value later on. Uh, but I'm not buying him right now. I'm going to buy him in season when the Titans are just in the dirt and nobody's worth anything and nobody wants them on their team. That's what I'm going to buy. Yeah, and you could. And and you saw the comments were kind of back and forth. Somebody was like, man, I wish I could get Chig for a third. And the other person's like, the Titans are dog crap. Like, I'm not interested in buying any of those guys. So it, it's it's out there. And, you know, some people wouldn't offer me anything. And apparently some people thought that 3-0, whatever, 303 was a steal. So, but um, well, that that's the AFC South. And I think it's going to be a really, uh, really crappy division. I think they're going to compete with the NFC South for the worst division. And that's then uh, compete awesome. with the Cardinals for the number one pick. So thank you guys for checking it out. As my son would say, smash that subscribe button. As always. Good luck this season. Cheers.